This was the episode I didn't want to put up first thing 2024. And I would have liked to have put it up last week, but when I originally recorded it, it turned out to be two hours long with all the information and research and things I had to say. But I know that you probably like the fact that my episodes are on the shorter side. So I edited the whole thing down to 50 minutes and now I'm breaking it into a couple episodes. So that's why it took longer than I would have liked. Without further ado, let's get on to the topic at hand. COVID turned into something that people stopped hearing about in 2023 and out of sight, out of mind, right? Frankly, no one around me seemed to know what we were supposed to do with COVID. People were wondering, are we supposed to prevent it? Are we supposed to get a booster? Are we supposed to try to get it so we have natural immunity? When do all these immunities wear out? I heard many times, is COVID still a thing? I was beginning to wonder that myself. Did you know at the beginning of December, the US was in a COVID surge? I didn't, till I got it. And then my doctor told me that she wasn't surprised I had it because we're in a surge. From under the covers in my bed, as I was talking to my doctor on the phone, I was thinking, well, a lot of good that did me. <laughs> I had no idea we were in a surge. One of the first questions I asked myself was, why didn't I know? There were two reasons. One is because I wasn't purposefully keeping up with it. And two is because reputable sources have stopped talking about it, even though they need to be talking about it. Actually, a lot of sources that we used to look at in the first two years of COVID have shut down. They're not collecting data anymore, even though what we know about this virus is still shifting and changing. And COVID is still a really new phenomenon. It's a complex virus. The research is covering a lot of different parts right now. And without a guide to put the parts together, there's a lot of room for misinterpretation and misunderstanding about the research. We really need experts to be talking about it more, not less. But at this time, it's unfortunately being left up to individuals to figure things out for themselves. And that's not great. So that's why I felt it important to produce this episode. Now, I'm not a COVID expert, but I'm gonna shed some light on some of the aspects of this illness today. I'll share my experience with COVID this time around, and I'll tell you what I learned when I looked into the current research about COVID. This is Lucy Gable, integrative leadership coach and trainer, author, speaker, and professor at the George Washington University School of Medicine grad program. And this is my podcast, Leadership Life, Health and Happiness. Before I get going, I need to say that anything I say here is not health advice. Also, I don't speak for the university I work for. In this podcast, these are my thoughts, my learnings and observations that I'm sharing with you and everyone else who's interested. This was not an easy episode for me to make. And to be sick while I was researching COVID was an interesting experience. But when it comes to leadership, if you're a leader of a business or a team or even your family, you know that there's a time and place when we need to look into research and data to help us make decisions. Sometimes it takes courage and boldness to turn towards that thing that you don't know about 
or that might sound scary to you and investigate it. But to ignore it would be to keep yourself from getting to the best answer that you can. I'll tell you this, I'm strong, fit, I eat extremely healthy, I get enough sleep, I'm not immune compromised or physically compromised at all. And you've probably heard me say that if you do all the right things for yourself, you can have DNA that's 15 years younger than your chronological age. And I do believe that I'm there. And yet this illness hit me hard. The brain fog and the fatigue were the scariest part of this illness for me, especially since I'm fit and a very high energy person typically. It took me one week to get over the worst of the flu symptoms. Three and a half weeks later, I was writing this episode and still having strong cold symptoms that were the remnants of COVID. But the thing we have to remember about COVID is that it's much more than the symptoms that show on the outside. There are other things going on inside our bodies and that seems to be what so many people are forgetting. Even though the symptoms most of us see are like a flu, you can't see or feel what's happening inside, especially if you're not getting a symptom for it. And that's where the details are about COVID. COVID has been shown to cause injury to your lungs, inner organs, muscles, heart muscle, blood vessels, nerves, and brain and it attacks blood cells. Research published in October 2023 observed in non-critically ill COVID patients that their platelets basically had a metabolic shutdown. The blood cells became sluggish and they acted like they were dying. To me, it explained why there were so many blood clots found in patients in the hospital and those who died from COVID in the first couple waves. Blood is everywhere, right? Blood is what supplies all of our tissues with fuel and oxygen and water. The study was done on the third and fourth wave of COVID. This was a recent study. It came on sneakily for me. I didn't know I had it until about five days into it. I just went off my allergy medications and I immediately had a mild cough and sneeze. It was like the next day. <laughs> so of course I thought, gee, my allergies are still in full swing and it's November. But in LA, that's a believable circumstance because things are always blooming here and there's a lot of dust. About three days later, I started feeling extremely tired. And a day after that, my brain performance had diminished significantly. I said the wrong words a few times in conversation. Words that came out of my mouth weren't the right words. And that was scary. I also couldn't make decisions as fast or as easily as I normally do. It felt like I was just trying to get the gears going in my brain and, and they weren't. This was the COVID brain fog, but I didn't know it was COVID and it was really scary. On day five, I woke up with a pretty deep cough and that's when I tested for COVID and found out that I had it. I didn't test because I thought I had COVID. I actually thought I came down with a cold, but I tested because that's what we're supposed to do when we have cold or flu symptoms right now 
because the COVID virus can present itself as a small cold. In a few minutes, you're going to understand on an even deeper level why you really want to take that test whenever you have symptoms right now. The minute I knew I had COVID, I had this feeling that I wanted it out of my body fast. Because I remembered in the beginning learning about all the places it can go in your body and all of the damage it can do. I also remembered about long COVID, which is something I desperately want to avoid. But is that still a thing, I was thinking? So many people today are saying it's benign. We don't need to worry about it anymore, especially if you're a healthy person. I decided at that point I needed to do some research and get up to date. But I didn't start immediately because within about four hours after testing positive, I was so tired I had to lay down. And I proceeded to not be able to get out of bed for two days. It was that exhaustion that we all know of. I had fever, chills, muscle aches, a persistent headache. And there's a COVID cough that I had forgotten about because no one's talking about it anymore. Well, I got that too. It's a hacking cough that's sometimes so strong it makes you feel like you have to throw up. That came on later in the week and it woke me up a good number of nights. The brain fog continued full on for a good week and ended up taking me a month to get entirely back to normal. It's one of those things I was just praying would go away and not stay with me as a long-term symptom because we just don't know who's gonna be hit with long-term symptoms and what symptoms we might get. Not only is the strain of the virus going to determine your reaction, but it's likely the health of your immune system at the time will affect it. Your current health condition overall will affect it. The amount of time that's gone by since your last vaccine. And scientists are speculating that your genes are also playing a role in how you respond to both the virus and the vaccine. Once I was finally out of the major flu symptoms of the virus, I got to work looking for current research on COVID. This is a roundup of the most important and current information I found. I'll also put references for you in the description of this episode if you wanna do some further reading on your own. And if you wanna continue the discussion, please leave some comments or get in touch with me through my website, lucygable.com. In March of 2022, there was a very large study analyzing millions of people, and it found that up to a year after infection, individuals who were infected were at increased risk of disorders of the brain, cardiovascular disease, inflammation of the heart, heart failure, and blood vessel obstruction. These risks were present even among people who were not hospitalized. They were also present in people who didn't have cardiovascular disease before their exposure to COVID-19. This study also showed that the risk increased according to how intense the virus was when the people had it. And as you probably know, these persistent symptoms are also referred to as long COVID. 
unfortunately, you can get long COVID even if you've had only mild symptoms of COVID. A review study from November 2023 found long COVID can linger for weeks to years. And there's a range of symptoms. It can be effects on the cardiovascular system, digestive system, reproductive system, muscles, and brain. It can be difficulty thinking or concentrating, intense fatigue, headaches, sleep problems, gastrointestinal distress, dizziness, neuropathy, loss of taste or smell, shortness of breath, chest pain, blood clotting, and they found that these persistent symptoms can impact patients with COVID-19 across the full spectrum of illness severity. So full spectrum of illness severity, that means it doesn't have to be severe in order for you to have these long-term effects. A meta-analysis in December 2023 reviewed studies from seven countries in Europe, China, and the US, and they found that 30% of subjects who had been infected with COVID experienced long COVID two years later. The CDC posted research updated in September 2023 about the status of COVID in the United States and what we know right now. They post that approximately 23 million people in the United States have reported long COVID. And that only takes into account the people they did survey. So this is an underestimation. So interestingly enough, women were more likely than men to have long COVID. And another interesting point was that adults aged 35 to 49 were the age group most likely to have long COVID. The 50 to 64 age group came in second. Does fitness matter? Well, there's research on athletes, but not enough to produce any great conclusions up to now. There seems to be a reduced risk for people who exercise, but there is still a risk and we don't know how fit you need to be and what other factors play into that. In April of 2022, a meta-analysis found that myocarditis is found in up to 4% of athletes recovering from COVID. Myocarditis is inflamed heart. Otherwise, it's been found in 20% of other people who are not athletes recovering from COVID with a 50% survival rate. So athletes have a much smaller risk of myocarditis and cardiovascular problems than others. But the recommendation is that professional athletes get tested before they begin training again. And the recommendation is for professional athletes to start off at 50% intensity from what they were doing with their exercise program before COVID. What about for the athlete who's not a professional? We generally don't have a means to get tested for this, but you should know that symptoms of myocarditis include abnormal increased heart rate, abnormal heartbeat, and heart failure. So if you've just had COVID and you wanna get back to exercise, remember to start off at a lower intensity and bring it back up. And if you're exercising and you get unusually out of breath or you feel like your heart is beating irregularly or you have chest pain, don't continue to exercise. You need to go to a doc 
and get tested. 18 universities found about 4% of student athletes who tested positive for COVID developed long COVID. And none of those who were fully vaccinated developed long COVID. So we still have a lot to learn about those of us who are not in our 20s and aren't professional athletes, but do exercise. A study published on January 4th, 2024, was on 45 males in their early 40s who exercise and have long COVID. They found muscle cell shrinking, muscle damage, and cell death, much like an autoimmune disease. They also found micro blood clots inside the muscle and they found amyloid deposits. That means protein buildup inside the muscles. The buildup was making it hard for the muscle to take up the oxygen from the blood. I did find a study in 2023 with males and females, all aged 18 and up, including people over 60. And this study reported that physical activity was associated with a reduced likelihood of long COVID and a reduced duration of long COVID symptoms if you did get it. So COVID is not the flu or a cold, and we should not be blasé about contracting it. We still need to protect ourselves and we need to help others protect themselves. When I got this one and it was looking like it was going to be a hard hitting illness, on my second day in bed, I remembered the name Paxlovid. One of my doctor colleague friends had spoken about it before. It's an antiviral drug that stops the virus from replicating so that it goes away faster. Obviously, if it's not replicating, it's going to be quicker to the end of your illness. If you've heard about the drug at all, you may have heard it's only being recommended for people at high risk or people over the age of 60. But I don't understand why an antiviral wouldn't benefit everybody. When I asked my doc about it, she said, well, if you're under 60, it's up to you if you want to take it. And she said that right now, trials are mixed as to whether it keeps you out of the hospital. Well, I told her, I'm not really thinking I'm going to need to go to the hospital, but I just want this out of my system. She said she has some clients that are asking her for it and she's fine giving a prescription. She also said there's a risk of rebound with the drug. And that's pretty much all she said, rebound. What is a rebound? Well, within about a week after you think you're done with the symptoms, they may come back. So of course, with a drug that is not being widely recommended and is also having the risks of a rebound, I thought, okay, so I actually do need to do some research on this before I start taking it. So got onto the computer, did some reading, and I found that there's a very, very small percentage of people that get a rebound with Paxlovid. And it's a much weaker version of the symptoms for a few days. It's just symptoms, but the virus is gone. You're not gonna be testing positive for it. I was looking at, okay, why is this not being widely recommended? Well, the only thing I could find was that it's strongly recommended that if you have liver problems or if you're taking medications that tax the liver, you may not wanna take it or you might wanna take a smaller dose of it with a doctor's supervision. 
by the way, so many medications have the same warning, including Advil and Tylenol. And we know that non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, if you take them long periods of time, will affect your liver, right? So it's nothing new in terms of medication that we haven't heard before. And research in December 2023 showed that the rebound of COVID actually can happen in patients who don't take antivirals. So there is a rebound with Paxlovid and without it. And another study from December 2023 found that the rebound effect from taking the drug wasn't significantly different from taking a placebo. And if one did get a rebound, the average time it lasted was about five days. So I got the prescription. And from what you've already heard from me, you're probably already guessing Paxlovid didn't work the way it's supposed to on me. And there's a reason for that. Because Paxlovid and any other antivirals for COVID that you'll hear about require that you start taking it within the first three days to have the benefits and at least before the fifth day in order to work. I didn't call the doctor until day five and I didn't get my prescription until day six. So I just didn't get it in time enough. Now my husband tested positive for COVID the day after I did. He didn't have any symptoms. He tested because I tested and we got him a prescription of Paxlovid as well. He started it the next day so it was probably day two for him. And he was over his symptoms and tested negative for the virus by day five. And he was back to work in a week. He didn't have any rebound effects at all. So it did what it says it does. You have to get to it on time. You might have already drawn the conclusion about why it's important if you get COVID to tell the people you've recently spent time with that you've contracted it and tell them fast. I know it's hard. It feels personal. But the faster you tell someone you have it, the faster they can do something to get rid of it and get it out of their body if they get symptoms. If you don't tell them, they can miss the window of opportunity like I did. And we don't know how it's gonna play out for anyone. And if you've had it before, it's most likely not gonna be the same experience the next time you have it because the strains are different. For example, I got COVID one other time right after my vaccine ran out of its protection period in 2021. And it was like a very short cold. And yes, I thought, oh, so this is how COVID plays in my body. Well, no, the second time is different. Some people have asked me whether it's good to get COVID so that you can strengthen your immune system. But from what you've heard about long COVID and the effects it has on all of the body that we aren't seeing, in my opinion, there's really no benefit to ever purposely get this. Or if you get it, there's no value to letting it play out, like take its natural course when you get it. Your immune system isn't going to get better or stronger at fighting it we aren't going to prevent ourselves from getting it again because it's constantly reinventing itself. Experts are saying the more you get it, the more you're rolling the dice to get long COVID or damage your body or brain. Of course, the next question that this no doubt raises in your mind is, well, then how do I protect myself from this? I'm gonna leave it for another episode. 
And just like in this episode, I won't be giving advice, but I'll be sharing information that I've gathered and what I think about it now. Comment and let me know if you want me to cover anything in particular. And otherwise, please give this episode a like or five stars if you're appreciating this info. Any response I get helps more people to see the episode. If you think this will help others, send it along to someone else. And until next time, this is Lucy Gable. Talk to you soon.